Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Red and White Authority brought to you by Labatt Blue. I'm Daniela Brusa alongside Art Regner, and we have a lot to unpack with this Red Wings team this week. They have been super exciting to watch. They sit eight points above that playoff line, and they're really making a final push to, to be in a wild card spot, and hey, they might catch Toronto and be in the third spot in the Atlantic Division. There's a lot going on, and we're going to start it with one of the best moments that I think I've experienced, and Art, I think you can attest to this too, one of the biggest moments in the recent Red Wings history, and that was Patrick Kane's overtime goal in Chicago. Let's listen back. Save made, rebound chance, and now the Wings have a break. Here is Patrick Kane. Oh, what drama. Brings it in on a breakaway. Shoots, he scores. Oh, what a win for the Red Wings. I'm surprised Ken Castle has a voice, first of all. But what an exciting game that was, Art. Just everything that went into it. Chelly's retirement wasn't the best game that we've seen the Red Wings play. It was three games, four nights. They were on a back-to-back after travel. And Patrick Kane ends up being the hero. You can't script these things. No, you know, like I said, I, I think I tweeted out something like Showtime with a Hollywood ending, you know, because it you could not have written it better. You're absolutely right. And when he was breaking in, because of his history, because he's a money player, because he's Showtime, the game was over. I, I think Morazek just wanted to s- just give him the net. Just you know lay down. I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah, hey, and all that. <laughs> I have no chance here. Uh, and, 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 you know, we know Morazek because he's a former Red Wing. Uh, uh, you know, certainly, I mean, he's competitive. And he's I, been but, playing well for Chicago, he's actually. He's played great. Yeah. I mean, they extended him. Yeah. They extended him. But the thing about that whole game was is that if you just look at it, you know, Chelios, you know, played longer in Detroit than he did in Chicago. But I think he did play more career games as a Blackhawk than a Red Wing. Uh, and, and, and then you look at, uh, you know, Debrinket, which we forget yep. about, scoring the tying goal. I mean, he's coming back to Chicago. And then, uh, you know, the way Kane ends it. And then the ovation that Chicago fans give them. And, you know, being from Detroit, you don't really want to praise Chicago fans too much. You know, mm-hmm. that Detroit sucks thing is, it's old. But, uh, but, but what I'm saying is, is that what they did for Patrick Kane is very, I, I, I tip my cap to them. I mean, that oh, was, was the way awesome. that he should have gone out that yeah, way. It was awesome. And, you know, maybe because Chicago's going nowhere this year. But anyway, I just thought it was just what a wonderful evening. You know what I was trying to think when I was witnessing this happen, right? I'm sitting there watching Patrick Kane get his ovation, and it, it it's it's like one of those moments that does truly give you chills. You're like, wow, like the, what he meant to the city of Chicago, the three cups, all of it. And I'm sitting there like, what would the comparison be for the Red Wings? Like, who would we have to welcome back to Detroit for it to be the same caliber as Patrick Kane? If Scotty would have traded Steve to Steve Ottawa. Eiserman. Yeah, like that is what I thought. No, yeah, that was seriously, right, it is like right. it is like if Steve Eiserman would have been traded at the end of his career and then came back, that is what Patrick Kane is to the Chicago Blackhawks. Right, you know, but Detroit, I don't know if this is for every team, but the Red Wings seem to have a history of having guys play their whole career in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot yeah, yeah, of them yeah. if you really, really look at it. And I don't know if, that, like I said, if that's rare or not. Uh, and I, I guess... You know, if Jack Adams didn't, you know, Red Kelly should have always should have been a career Red Wing too. I, I'm, you know, I know I'm really dating myself, but you know, he, they, but what a great player he was. He wins four cups with Detroit as defenseman, gets goes to Toronto and wins four cups as a center. Yeah, you know, so I mean, you know, Detroit has a, an illustrious history as we know, uh, and the Blackhawks have had some great teams too. But I really think one thing, you know, when they when they were going really strong, it was Taves and Kane, Taves and Kane, and nothing against Jonathan Taves, wonderful player. 
Patrick Kane is the heart and soul of those Chicago Blackhawk teams. He is that good. He is. And what he's doing here in Detroit is nothing short of spectacular either. The way he's able to continue his career. He's over a point per game player. He's riding a nine game point streak right now. And he missed some time with injury. Well, Danielle, how many times you've heard me say this? You know, we've always said the Red Wings, nothing against any of the guys on the team. Red Wings need an elite superstar player. I never thought in my wildest imagination, it would be a 35-year-old Patrick Kane, ever. <laughs> Our guest, JT Comfort, today, he talks about it, too, because JT grew up outside of Chicago. So those are the teams he watched, right. and he's going to talk about that with us later. And it's pretty exciting for him to have Patrick Kane as a teammate now, and, and the way that he views that situation is really cool. But the Red Wings are keeping it going. They have kept it going, and they came back home, and they played a great game against the Washington Capitals, who was chasing them in the standing. Still is, but they've really separated themselves at this point. And you're seeing that balance scoring again. And Shane Gostisbehere, defenseman, had two goals in that game. Let's take a look at his second goal. Raymond back over the blue line, into the slot. Gostisbehere scores! His second goal of the game, number nine on the season. And it's 4-1 Detroit. Okay, so you get that balanced scoring. Our Gostaspear had two, which I said the Red Wings win eight to three, seven different goal scorers on the night. And that's not the first time we've seen that. The scoring is really spread out up and down the lineup. Well, I, I think the formula this year, and again, we, we get into JT Confer a little bit about it when he talks about the Chicago teams. Why were the Red Wings so iconic for so long and made the uh, playoffs for 25 uh, consecutive seasons? It's because... They could roll four lines. They had six defensemen. Uh, everybody accepted their role. They were interchangeable parts. And I think the conscious effort, what Steve did this year, is that he realized that we're going to do the Vegas model or the Seattle mm -hmm. model. We're going to get a lot of guys who can score 15 to 25 goals, and we're just going to throw that team out there because there's different formulas. If you can't get the number one pick overall who t turns out to be Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews or now it looks like Connor Bedard, you're going to have to build your team a different way. You're just going to have to. And Steve, very astute hockey man, knows what he's doing. And I really think that this team is a kind of a mirror image they don't quite have the talent that the teams that Steve played on. I mean, Sergei Fedorov, mm -hmm. Brendan Shanahan, Nikolic, we can, you know, we can go on. I mean, they're iconic guys. And then you add Robitaille and Hall. I mean, geez, Hashik. I mean, gee, I mean, uh, uh, you know, just a, uh, you, you know, filthy riches, man. They, they yeah. were, it was unbelievable. But I, my point being is, is that they're a deep team. Joe Valeno said it after the Washington game. I've played with virtually everybody, maybe by injury, but no one misses a beat. No matter what line they're on, no, they know what the assignment is. There's a style of Red Wing play that Derek Lalone and his coaching staff have developed, and that's how the Red Wings are playing, which Patrick Kane said it. We're going to be a tough out in a seven-game series. And I agree with him Yep, 100%. Yep. And I think everybody on this team believes in that too. And JT Comfer talks about some of that belief in the locker room. Let's get to our interview with JT today. Thank you for taking the time. We're excited to chat with you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I have uh, my first question to you. Don't take this the wrong way. You're very good at like not showing emotion. You're you a very even-keeled guy, right? Would you say that? Try to be, yeah. Okay. Have you ever been like super excited or happy? Um, super excited and happy, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it kind of goes back to when I was a kid. I was a bit more emotional, super competitive, yeah. and uh, kind of was told along the way to try and manage my emotions a little bit better. Uh, sometimes I would say I take it a little too far, but I feel like in our game, um, you know, how competitive 
the league is and um, how long the season is. You yeah. you just need to be as even keel as possible. And, um, you know, when we lose tough games, obviously I'm upset and um, big goals. I'm excited, big wins. But I feel like it's it's a long year and there's a lot that can go on and just as even keel as I can be is, is better. I respect that. I think I need to take a note on that. Art, you would probably agree, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. You do. That's <laughs> yeah, Daniela's nickname is The Edge. So uh, Okay. Yeah, so yeah. she's so watch out. You know, she might come at, come at you really hard right now. But, uh, uh, you know, I have to ask you this because it's just on my mind constantly. And I think about nothing else but the Red Wings. And so... He's not lying. <laughs> did your parents actually have your initials picked out before they picked out your first and middle name? They did, yeah. You've done your research today, that's for sure. Um, yeah, my... I think it was my dad wanted JT, um, kind of manifested. He thought I'd be a baseball player, but he thought that JT would sound cool coming from a loudspeaker, um, you know, a PA announcer at a game or whatever it may be, but he thought it'd be uh, playing baseball, not playing hockey. May okay. we say your first name and your middle name? Of I'm course, your, yeah. Okay, Joseph Taylor. Yeah. And my question is, does Joe Valeno know that you share the same first name? Uh, he does know now. Yeah. It always takes a few guys, you know, a few weeks to ask. Um, last year in Colorado guys started calling me Joey for probably the first time in my life. And then first few weeks here, every time someone said Joey, I would snap my neck around and look and, uh, you know, they were talking about Joe Valeno. So now, uh, now I don't answer to Joey. It was a one year thing. Yeah. So nobody calls you Joe, Joseph, Joey, like family, nobody. No, everyone. Um, I guess it's always like, what's your mom call you when you're in trouble? And it's always JT. It's never been Joe or Joseph. Really? Yeah. Now, Joseph and Taylor, are those names in your family or are those just names your parents liked? Um, I think it's just names they liked. And uh, I think they just fit it to fit it to JT. Taylor's a pretty cool middle name. I think, I, I think it's a great name. Yeah, I think Joseph yeah. Taylor, that yeah. would, like, we should just do the full name over the PA. Joseph Taylor Comfer. Like, I think that would upset <laughs> my dad, but, um, what, but. Has he given you a review, though, of, like, how it actually does sound over the PA? Well, he likes to joke that, you know, it was him that had, you know, kind of came up with the idea that I'd be a pro athlete, yeah. that, you know, everything resorts back to him and it, it's all, you know, his work. Yeah. Do you let him have that? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think dads deserve that, right? Yeah, Especially they're a big reason that you do make it to the pros and you're able to have such a long career, your parents. But let's talk about this Red Wings team now. Where you're at right now is great. Riding that six game win streak. I think it's what, eight points above the line to to make the playoffs in that wild card positioning. And we've seen some changes in this team from what we saw at the beginning of the season. Maybe you can look at the turn of the year, that West Coast trip in California that really seemed like the turning point. What differences are you seeing in this team right now as you guys head down the stretch? Um, you know, I think there's just a strong belief and it's something that can't really be faked. It can't be, you know, can't happen in training camp. It's got to happen by winning games. And um, we've had plenty of games where we've came back and, you know, proved ourselves against better teams or, you know, top teams in the league. And I think that just builds more and more belief. Um, I do think there's more there. I think that over the last couple of weeks, it hasn't been our best hockey. Uh, we've had glimpses of it, um, you know, last night, uh, the Colorado game, two completely different games, but games that we felt we played, you know, the way we want to play. I think in between, there's definitely some room for improvement to be a little more consistent. Um, 
but when you're winning games and not playing your best, that's a mark of a, a good team and um, a team that believes in themselves and each other. Well, you know, I was just going to say that. Yet, you haven't played some of your best hockey, but good teams always find a way to win. And maybe the Chicago game, which I know is probably a very memorable moment for you, being from the Chicago area. Uh, and I guess the reason why I'm bringing that up is that when you signed with Detroit, I remember you on the Zoom call and all that, but I remember you, you've said a couple of times now that Steve, the way he presented it or his vision that he was serious that we're going to be a playoff team or we're giving it a shot was what sold you on Detroit. What was it about Iserman's pitch to you that really did sell you on the Red Wings? You know, every team wants to win, right? Like every team wants to go to playoff. Every team wants to win a Stanley Cup. And I think it was just Steve's voice. It was, you know, the belief in he believed what was possible with this team and with the core guys, the young guys, obviously Dylan, um, but Mo and Ray and Joe and Rask, guys have been here for, you know, more than a couple of years and believing that with the right pieces, we can, you know, continue to push forward and eventually try and, you know, compete for a Stanley Cup. And I think it was just, you know, knowing that he's done it before, he's seen how it works. Um, it's super hard to win in this league. I was part of really good teams in Colorado and um, you know, we we won the one Stanley Cup, but we had other teams that, you know, were very, very good. And it's hard to win, and um, he knows what it takes. And just the um, – you could hear in his voice how bad he wants to win and that he believes in it. So you signed the deal, and then in December of this year, Patrick Kane gets added to the roster. So that wasn't even on your radar when you signed in Detroit, right? And it wasn't on very many people's radar that Patrick Kane was going to end up coming to Detroit. Did you? Did you grew up a Hawks fan, right? And yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. So you probably watched a lot of Patrick Kane um, when he was making his run with Chicago. Yeah, right? that's uh, the team I grew up on. Was the team that won three Stanley Cups and. Um, was so big for Chicago hockey. Um, you know, Christian, me and Christian Fisher talk about it a lot of, you know, those teams that we grew up watching and getting to play on the same team as Pat. Um, I've been lucky enough to get to train the same gym with him in Chicago the last mm. four or five years and get to know him a little bit, but um, he's just such a great addition to the team, not only as a player. I mean, he's such a fun player to watch and learn from, but as a guy, he's been... Um, He's been a good leader. He's been great to the younger guys. He's fit in well. Um, you know, we, we love having him. Yeah, I, I guess my, my question for you, you talk about the addition and what he actually does on the ice, what he does off the ice. Did you have any expectations of him? Because I think the outside world was actually the expectations were kind of low just because of the surgery he was coming off of, his age. Did you guys have any expectations in the room of what he was going to add? Um, I don't think that we really put as much thought into that stuff as maybe um, we do you know outside <laughs> the locker room it's just kind of another teammate right. and whatever he's going to do to help us win and um you know he came in played really good at the beginning um and then obviously had a little bit of injury trouble but I feel like the last few weeks you've seen you know what I grew up watching is the mm -hmm. poise with the puck and the passing ability and um you know just the confidence it's not easy to have in this league to slow it down when you have the puck and uh, not feel the pressure and he, ne he never feels you know the pressure he's um, one of the best passers I've ever been around and um, you know he's continuing to get better which is you know amazing for us but just crazy to see. Let's go back to last Sunday we're all watching the game I think it might be one of the best games the Blackhawks have played all season they were all over you guys it just was 
it just didn't, you know, like you said, we weren't playing our best hockey. Yet it's Chris Chelios, whom I believe when you grew up, he was a Red Wing probably most of your life. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then Patrick Kane, the way, you know, honoring Chelios, you know, his Blackhawk love was, was effusive that night. And then you have the way Patrick Kane ends it. And then Debrinket, who we kind of forget because he's from here, scores the game tying goal. Um, what is that like as, you, as a professional player to play in that environment and then as a fan of Chicago to kind of soak in that atmosphere just as a fan? Yeah, I think a lot of that game, the kid in me came out and um, started when Chelios was giving a speech and just talking about the city of Chicago, which, you know, I grew up there and um, I'm proud to be from Chicago. And, um, you know, I, of course, the Red Wings fans aren't going to love to hear that I grew up watching those teams and was a huge Hawks fan. But um, the way he talked about the city and being from Chicago was, was special. And I think my favorite part, obviously, the you know, the goal by Pat and overtime is the cherry on top, but the, um, the ovation he got and the highlight, um, the highlight video and the way the city showed love for him because how important he was really though for, um, you know, the city, but also hockey in that city. He is the reason like those teams, him, Taze, Hosa, Seabrook, Keith, like that's why there's so many, NHL players from Chicago right now, and it's their whole generation grew up watching them. You, you know those Chicago teams that you grew up and they won those three Stanley Cups. You know the model because of Stan Bowman mm-hmm. were the Detroit Red Wing teams that Steve played on. I mean they they played a very similar style and brand of hockey. So if you want to thank the Red Wing organization <laughs> for showing Chicago how to win, go right ahead. Sure, I'll I'll thank those teams. It felt like uh, when I was growing up, every Saturday at like one o'clock on NBC was. Hawks Red Wings they must have played 12 times a year because I just, like, it, yeah. like I remember it was it was every afternoon game was Hawks Wings that rivalry still runs pretty deep too like even in the moment of Patrick Kane being welcomed back those fans went right back to the Detroit Sucks chant like yeah. almost immediately and I mean I think Red Wings fans still feel the same way about the Blackhawks too but I wish they played more I wish you guys played the Hawks a little bit more yeah um definitely different being in different conferences it's yeah, be nicer for me to Go play in front of my parents a little more often, too, if we went back to Chicago. But I think there's still uh, that rivalry. A lot of, you know, fans from both organizations are remember those days. In college, you played for the University of Michigan. And uh, I'm not going to. I really thought we were going to get through this interview without him bringing up Michigan. Because it's a theory about JT and the kind of player he is. Your junior year, 11 games in, you're put together with Kyle Connor. And Tyler Mott, famed CCM line. I mean, you guys were just clicked right away. I've always felt that the second line center, if a team's not really going, to, the offense might be a little stagnant. They try to keep the first line together for as long as they can. But you seem to, I mean, you've played with virtually everybody on the team, I would sense this year. What gives a line chemistry? Because you had it certainly on the CCM line, and it seems maybe because you understand chemistry so well that they can plug you in with any wingers and you seem to make a seamless transition. Yeah, I think, um, you know, sometimes when you are with certain guys, it can take longer to have a little more chemistry. But um, we have a lot of great hockey players on our team, a lot of skilled players, guys that, you know, can play different styles of hockey, but at the end of the day, play our style of hockey, which is 
trying to play fast and north and um, get to the net and play offensively. And I think that um, it's a blessing to have so many different wingers that you can play with in combinations. And I think, you know, Dylan's the same way and Andrew's the same way that, you know, whoever gets put on our lines, there's no, you know, I want to play with this guy. I want to play with that guy. Everyone just, you know, is ready to go to battle with whoever's on their line that night. And um, it speaks to the group we have. This is going to be an off-the-wall question, but I know you played at the development program. There's a lot of Americans. There's more Americans on this team than there are any other nationality. Is there an American brand or an American style? Because you guys seem to, you know, I would love to say Michigan style, but Daniela will kick me. Uh, <laughs> but is there a style that you guys kind of all grew up with, which makes it such an easy way to be so interchangeable? Um, I don't know about that. I feel like at the end of the day, it's the style that the coaching staff wants us to play, which is, you know, a fast North game, which is how every team wants to play now because of how well everyone can skate in the league. And um, I don't know if it's necessarily American style, but I, I think that, you know, we, we do still have people from other countries and, you know, different styles of play. And um, for some reason, it, all, it meshes pretty well on our team. You mentioned the coaching staff and Derek Lalone, it's only his second year as an NHL head coach and the strides that you guys have taken or from the team that we saw last year to this year even have been really, really big steps in the right direction. What is it like to play for Derek alone? How do you like playing under him? Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, it's really a, a staff that works as a team. Um, you don't always just hear Newsy's voice. You hear a lot of different voices from Tangs to Jay and, and Boogie. And um, I think that's good, especially in a long season to, have different voices, but all pushing you in the same direction. And um, I think the boys have responded really well to it. Yeah. And we're going to get to talking some PWHL too, because you have a unique tie to the league and they're coming to Detroit to play a game here. It's not your sister's team. Jesse Confer's on team Toronto. Yeah, I need but to talk had... to whoever scheduled. Yeah. What was that? Uh, well, I know. That, I... But I know. We'll make the push for next year that Toronto's coming. Boston Detroit. has some Michigan flair. Right. And I think Megan that's why Keller. they, yeah. It's right. Megan Kelly. Yeah. That's yeah. Why. They, and they've she's got, an amazing player. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's the best phenomenal. born and raised Michigan player. I yeah. Mean, I think there's three women three, three from women Michigan on Boston. Uh, on Boston. Team. I mean, it's natural fit. But it could have been Boston, Toronto. I agree with you. Oh, we got they, Boston. It should have been. It should have been. We'll push for that. Yeah. But Jesse, playing on Team Toronto, I saw that she had a big goal in the, what do they call it? What's the, they I played think it was like Scotia the Banks. Battle of Bay yeah, Street, yes. maybe, but they played at Scotiabank. Yeah, they played uh, at Scotiabank. Sold Bank. out, like, I think over 19 or 20,000. Um, I talked to my parents who went in for the game, yeah. and uh, I've played in some big games, you know, in this league and internationally, and my dad said that that was the loudest game he's ever been to. He's like, imagine a sold-out NHL rink, but 12-year-old girls yelling the entire <laughs> time, and he's like, it was awesome. They... Um, that was my sister's first goal. She got the game-winning goal. Um, I was so happy for her and proud of her. And um, the smile that she had on her face, they zoomed on her. It was just like I, I know what – I don't – you know, I, I'm not a parent myself, um, so I don't get this feeling, but I kind of get what my parents, you know, get yeah, when they watch me. Brother, like yeah. it's – you asked earlier when we started, like – you get excited. I get way more excited when Jesse scores than when I score. It's, oh, that's yeah. sweet. I love that. And do you take any credit at all? You're allowed to take a little credit for how good she is and her success in her career. Um, you know, I can take a little bit, but she works so hard. She works. Um, she treats it as if it, as it's her job, which it is now, which I'm so happy that it is her job and she gets to play professional hockey, but um, she works so hard 
in the summers we're training partners um we skate together and she like takes care of her body takes care of her diet um wants to be as good as possible and uh, that's the one thing that i'm happy for the girls is you know they they're not only really good players but they they work so hard so to be able to have this opportunity and showcase what they're about is i think super special i saw a feature on you and it was about the relationship you have. Now, I don't know how many siblings you have, but... I got two younger two sisters. sisters. That's what I assumed. Yeah. It was just two sisters because they talked about and they about you and the bond you have with your sisters. Can you maybe talk about that bond? Because it was really, a, you know, as corny as it sounds, kind of uplifting. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what impact... I know you've had an impact on him. You're a professional hockey player, went to the University of Michigan, very impressive. But uh, what uh, what impact have they had on you? Um, you know, I think that hockey, when we're younger as hockey players, we spend a lot of time with our families. We're driving, you know, I'm in Chicago, I'm driving to Detroit or Toronto, and a lot of times my sisters are stuck in the back seat they got to come with. And I think that made my family super close. Um, you know, I think I kind of realized that when I went to the U.S. program, um, moved away from home at 16, is, you know, my parents had set such a good example for me of what hard work is and what you can achieve if you work hard and set goals. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to set the same exam- example for my younger sisters of, you know, they can achieve whatever they want if they work hard. And, um, you know, I, I love talking about Jesse, um, but my middle, middle sister Morgan, um, has a great career as a consultant. She just got into, um, you know, business school to get her MBA. She's super successful in her own right. And, you know, we're just as proud of her as, as we are of Jesse. So when they were growing up and they were in the backseat of the car, they never said, oh, mom and dad, do we have to see Joseph Taylor again? (laughs) Um, I think they definitely did. Um, (laughs) um, I think that sometimes they got long, but I think now that we're older, we really appreciate the time that we spent together. All right. We're going to have some fun with this. And I'm going to ask Jesse the same questions, okay? Okay. So we need honesty here. Yep. Okay. Who was the favorite? And you can, all three of you, okay? I'm the favorite. You were the favorite. Yeah. No question. I'm my mom's favorite. She's my dad's favorite. That's usually how that works. And and Morgan does? Morgan's the classic middle child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Would, it is she, true. It she is would true. say the same thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So one got mom, one got dad. Morgan just is Morgan. That's great. Um, Forging a career on her own. This exactly. one I want you to think specific with Jesse. Most memorable argument. Me and her. Yeah. We don't really argue too much. It's probably just uh, the the argument we have the most is I'm very like an analytical thinker. So when she's all worked up. I'll be like, this is what you should do. And she's like, no, I just want to complain right now. Like, stop telling me yep. <laughs> like solutions. I totally understand yeah. that. I can, I can totally uh, sympathize yeah. with that. Yeah. I, I love it. And then last one, describe your sibling in three adjectives. So describe Jesse in three adjectives. Jesse in three adjectives. Hardworking. Um, she's... I was going to say funny for last, but she's funny. Funny might be two and three, but um, she's charismatic. She's super fun to be around, um, but she's hilarious too. She's hilarious. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get her going oh, today yeah, when we talk to her. She like learned from me where she's at, she'll definitely, um, you know, be a little more reserved, but 
when you get her going, she's she's fun to be around. Did you teach her that? Is that like media training? Be a little more reserved? I think she picked up <laughs> the good and the bad from me uh, watching me yeah. as a hockey player in media. And sometimes I'm watching her play hockey. I'm like, come on, do this. And I'm thinking, oh, I do the same thing. Like she's just... She's watching her I older brother. I should have been better, yeah. and then she'd be, she'd be better, yeah. <laughs> JT, I, I want to ask you, you won the Stanley Cup, what, two, 2022, was it? Yeah. Uh, uh, with Colorado. And I think, unless there's, you know, a real nosedive here, I think the Red Wings are going to make the playoffs. I, I, I certainly do, and it's a credit to you and your teammates and the team that Steve put together. But what... Will you say, because a lot of these guys are going to be going into the playoffs for the first time, and you said Colorado had a lot of disappointing losses before you won that cup. Uh, and when you were pretty much an odds-on favorite a lot, you know, you're, you played on a stacked team. Uh, what, will you say, what advice can you offer them? What will you say? What will it take for the Red Wings not only to make the playoffs, but to make a run in the playoffs? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and... I think th- there were definitely multiple things we learned along our runs. Um, first is just how important every detail is, um, every shift in the playoffs, um, every block shot, every face-off win. It's um, not only does it add up, but it can be the difference in the game. Um, and the second thing is just managing your emotions in the playoffs, and it's so much easier to say it right now sitting here. Um, the, the playoffs are emotional roller coaster that sometimes can feel like it takes years off your life. Um, you're <laughs> locked in for could be two weeks, could be two and a half months. And um, I think when we made our run, even my family felt it of how emotionally taxing it was. Um, and just trying to stay, as we talked about earlier, even keeled and in the moment. And, you know, you can't affect if you're playing game one, it doesn't, you can't be thinking about game three or game four. It's about, that night and putting your best foot forward, focusing on the details it takes to win. Um, and, you know, you can win a playoff series, but also lose a game 6-1, and you have to manage your emotions, come back the next night, you know, ready to win hockey. You know, my final question is, Michigan winning the national championship in football, second or third greatest moment in your life? In my life? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm obviously a big Michigan fan. I'm like one-tenth the fan that Andrew Kopp is. So I was that. more worried more worried for him than I was. Like, it was a relief for, <laughs> that he won that I didn't have to deal with him if they lost. That was, that was more uh, the feeling after the game. So he wasn't obnoxious when they won, though? No, he was, uh, <laughs> he was like, like bliss. It was just like happiness, yeah. We love that version of Andrew Cop. Well, yeah, because we, we don't see it very often. He'll even say that. But, I mean, yeah, if you're a Michigan fan, lifelong, I mean, just winning, the euphoria that you feel is, it's probably like when you win the Stanley Cup. I mean, it just is, you're not rubbing it in. You're just so freaking happy that, you know, you just go with the moment, I would imagine. Yeah, championships are hard to win at any level, and. You know, we got to meet a couple of those guys that came into a game maybe a month ago and uh, just talking about their parade. And, you know, it, it's the same thing I feel like that we went through. It's you get to spend the time with the guys that you went to battle with and sacrifice a lot with. And, um, you know, they were, you know, I, w- I don't want to say lucky enough, but fortunate to, to win a championship. 
Well, JT, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. And another reminder that Jesse Comfort, PWHL, the league is incredible. And where do you, you can watch all the games online, right? That yeah, they're all on YouTube um, for free. They're, they do a great job with yeah. uh, production of it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, they're doing a great job with the league. I, I think anyone that's a fan of hockey um, should definitely go give it a watch. I, I watch a lot of the games, even some of the games Jesse's not in. I think it's a great product. I think that um, those girls are, are great hockey players. Mm -hmm. They, um, they deserve the, you know, the chance to showcase their abilities and they're doing a great job. And that's why that, you know, they're selling out NHL arenas, they're selling out other arenas. Um, it's really been super fun to watch from the outside. And, uh, I really, um, you know, if you're a fan of hockey, go give it a watch. It, it's YouTube. It's super easy. You know, uh, thank you very much. And I just have one more thing I want to oh, say boy. to you is, do this for Daniela and I. Try to get Andrew Cobb to laugh. To laugh? To, yeah. I've he says he's lighthearted outside the I've seen him laugh. Ring. I actually have. I think I, I've yeah. seen him laugh more than I've seen you laugh. That might be true. I can get, yeah. I, I can get Andrew to laugh pretty easily. Um, huh. I, years of experience. Yeah, you've got a um, long track but record. usually I get him mad. That's more, <laughs> that's more fun for me is to get him a little ticked off, yeah. Does he play better when he's a little ticked off too? I you feel have like to you find do. like the right, yeah. uh, the right <laughs> amount. And usually when I find that amount, then I say, all right, you're good to go. Yeah. So. <laughs> now, now we're in game mode. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We've got it. The Islanders have no chance yeah. tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that. Well, thank you again, JT. It's been great chatting with you. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having me guys. Another thank you to JT for taking the time to join the Red and White Authority. We talked a lot about the PWHL and just a reminder that they are bringing a game to Detroit that's happening on March 16th. It will be Team Ottawa and Team Boston, Megan Keller, Michigan native. There's a lot of Michigan flavor on that Boston team and the league has been really exciting. So you should definitely get your tickets, come down to Little Caesars Arena and enjoy some professional women's hockey. And we also took the time today to talk to Jesse Comfer, JT's sister, who is currently playing in the PWHL for Team Toronto. Joining me now, everybody, is Jesse Comfer, JT's sister, but she's the real star of the family. Don't get it twisted. We've we learned that from JT already. Jesse, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We know you've got to be really busy with your PWHL Toronto schedule, so we appreciate you taking a few minutes. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Talk about your relationship with JT, because we talked to him today as well, and he was just glowing about you. It seems like you guys have a really good relationship and it feels like he had a pretty big impact on your hockey career. Yeah, um, certainly we're very close. He's somebody that I've looked up to my whole life, especially him being the hockey player he is. I followed everything he did and wanted to be just like him. Um, but I think it's been throughout since we've gone older, um, we've started working out together and skating together more, but just seeing how hard he works and the kind of person he is, it's just something that, I've always looked or I've looked up to and something that I've strived to be as I keep growing up as well. And I'd imagine that having a brother that was good at hockey, that was always playing hockey kind of influenced you to play the game as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, we were always at the rink when I was younger and I think I watched him play a lot. So I think that that's when I started just jumped on the ice and that's when I fell in love with it myself. He mentioned to us, like, you and your sister just, you know, having to get in the backseat of the car and drive to hockey tournaments and games wherever they might be that weekend. How has he supported you through your journey to professional hockey? Yeah, he's been awesome. 
honestly, our entire family is so close because of hockey. And I think like he mentioned, being thrown in the back of a car to travel to a hockey tournament was what brought our family so close together. We did everything, the five of us, um, me, JT and my sister, Morgan, um, developed such a close bond because of that. But throughout the years, JT has been such a big supporter of my game. Um, from the late night calls that I'll call him after a game or a text here and there throughout the season, he always knows what to say and exactly he's been through it before. So, I mean, he's just the person, the perfect person to look up to. And I'm sure you've been keeping up with what the Red Wings are doing right now. It's been quite the run for them. How fun is it for you to watch him? I mean, he's already won a cup. He's had a lot of success in the league, but to find success again in Detroit. Yeah, it's awesome to watch this team. They've been so fun to watch, but to watch him succeed, he's having such a great year and to see all of his hard work pay off. I think that that's something that no matter what point of his career, we're always super excited for him. Now, I've talked to you a little bit about this before, but you guys grew up in the Chicago area. So you were Blackhawks fans, which is okay. We can forgive you for that for, for today. But obviously the Patrick Kane era was huge in your childhood. So did you have a reaction when you found out Patrick Kane was going to be a Red Wing? Yeah, I think that I can give JT a hard time, but I always say that Patrick Kane is my favorite player. <laughs> I grew up with a Blackhawks jersey with Patrick Kane on the back of it and I mean, that's something that he won't let me forget and I won't let him forget it either. So it's definitely really cool to see him play with Patrick Kane. Do you ever ask him about it? Like what it's like to actually play with him on the same team? Yeah, I'm actually lucky enough that I get to work out with Pat in the summer back in Chicago as well. So um, just to be around him has been super cool. But even since he's been in Detroit, I ask all the time, like, what's it like? And obviously after that Blackhawks game the other night, I texted JT, like, that was crazy cool. Like, that was a perfect storybook ending for Patrick. Oh, it was incredible. And JT did talk to us about it, just being able to be a small part of it, right? And the the welcome back that he got in Chicago, it's it was legendary. It was, it was so much fun to be there too. But let's get to talking a little bit about the PWHL. So you play for PWHL Toronto, which it's been so cool to see this league take off. Can you just describe what the reaction has been like from the fans and did it exceed expectations for you or where is it ranking right now? Yeah, I think that thinking about this league, we truly all get pretty speechless. Um, it's something we've been fighting for for a very, very long time. And for me, growing up with a brother, I got to see him dream of being a professional athlete and I didn't have that same dream. Um, for us, it was always the Olympics. But now that we have that professional league and we have the support. The fans are showing up. Season tickets have been sold out. I mean, if you just look at the social media engagement, like everybody's supporting us so much. And I just think it's so cool. And we as a league use this line a lot. But if you build it, they'll come. And I think that women's hockey fans have been showing up for us. And we thank them for that because it's been awesome. So how did it all come down for you? Like, when did you find out that this was going to be a thing? And I'd imagine that you were kind of, you know, of course I want to be a part of it when you found out that it was going to be happening and coming to fruition. Yeah, I'm actually one of the lucky ones. I got out of college last year and I was able to play right in this professional league. But for the past couple of years, you kind of heard rumblings in the makings, um, playing on the national team with girls like Kendall Coyne and Hillary Knight, who have so much to do with this league being a thing. Um, you always heard that it was going to happen. It was going to happen, kind of just trusting the process. But for me, I was lucky enough that I came right out of college. And a couple months later, they announced when the draft was going to be. So it just worked out perfectly for me. But 
it's just awesome to see what all these women have done for this league and to get it started. And you mentioned, you know, playing for the national team, which was really, aside from college hockey, the only route for women to play professionally, right? And it always pits you up against other countries. So the USA and Canada rivalry, that's like a huge thing in women's hockey. But you have to enjoy playing with those women, right? Like there's so much talent in, in all different countries around the world. And now you get to mix that. How has that experience been? Yeah, it's been awesome. Here in Toronto, there's only two Americans and the rest are Canadians. So obviously walking into it, I was a little bit nervous, but it's been so fun to be able to play with girls that you've played against for so long and just kind of see their skill and see like how they go about their everyday lives at the rink and just learning from them as well. It's been super cool. So the weekend of March 16th and 17th, the PWHL is hosting games, one in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena and one in Pittsburgh at PPG Paints Arena. Unfortunately, Toronto will be in Pittsburgh. We wish that you were coming to Detroit to play a game, but it's still really cool that they're expanding to different cities. Detroit is actually going to see Boston and Ottawa. Boston has a lot of Michigan flair on that team, so I'm sure there's a lot of women, Megan Keller being one of them, excited to play in Detroit. But when you look at these games, in my mind, it's looking that hopefully they can expand this league and hopefully it continues to grow. And maybe Pittsburgh and Detroit are two cities that are next on the list. How cool is it for you to kind of take the league to different cities that, you know, to show them what this is all about? Yeah, I think it's awesome for sure. Especially for Michigan. There's no even D one college hockey there for women's for me growing up watching JT who went to the university of Michigan and now playing for Detroit Kind of you can just see how much love and support those teams both get for like from hockey fans. And we just say, like, imagine if you put a woman's hockey team there or in the, one of the colleges, like it would have great success. So to be able to showcase women's hockey for all those little girls who do grow up in Michigan and don't get to see as much, it's going to be awesome. And the same for Pittsburgh to be able to show up for those little girls and even those little boys to show that we're a professional team and that we're here to play hockey and like the they can hopefully be us one day is something that we look forward to and we're all excited for it. And getting the chance to play in NHL rinks has to be pretty awesome too, because there's a lot of men that play professional hockey that don't get that opportunity. And you guys get to do that. And your game at Scotiabank was sold out and you scored the game winning goal. What ended up being the game winning goal. So just all those exciting moments that you get to experience in front of crowds like that. What has that experience been like? Yeah, the Scotiabank game will be something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Um, the atmosphere was insane. And even talking to my parents after the game, they said it was the loudest hockey game they've ever been to. And I can say they've been to a lot of games for both my brother and I. But imagine putting all those little girls in a rink just screaming as loud as they can. But once again, it's just one of those moments that shows like if you build it, they'll come. And we have so much support in our fan base. And it's been awesome. Well, we're really excited to host the game in Detroit. I know I'm a big fan and I'll be there for sure. It's It's been so cool to watch this league take off and we appreciate you chatting with us about it. But I do have a couple more questions for you. So we had some fun with JT. I asked him these questions too. I'll give you his answers if you want to know them, but you have to answer first. Okay. And you can include Morgan, your 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 sister in on okay. this too. Who was the favorite growing up? Me. It's, it's, okay, so JT said you were dad's favorite, he was mom's favorite, and Morgan was typical middle child. That was his Okay, answer. I think Morgan was typical middle child, but now I think she's both of their favorites. Uh, okay, so she's grown into being the favorite. That, that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> and then between you and JT, do you have a most memorable argument? 
Uh, there's not one that I can think of really, but this summer we were training together and I don't know what, like there was this moment where our trainers had to go like 70% and I just took off because I wanted to beat him. So I think it was like something like that maybe, but I, there's nothing that I can think of. He says the only conflicts that you guys really have is you, like if there's something that you want to complain about or something that you, like he will try to be level-headed and talk you out of it and tell oh you- Oh my God, you I should, should have answered do. that. Yeah, but, and you're like, can you stop? Like, I just want to complain right now. Yeah, sometimes like you need a little delusion in your I, life and he does not agree with that. I can totally see that too. When he said it, I was like, this for some reason makes sense about you. You feel and like- And then it makes you more mad. You're like, yeah. come on, just be crazy. <laughs> And then the last one would be describe your sibling in three adjectives. So describe JT in three adjectives. I'm going to say goofy. And I don't think people would expect that. One. I did not. I did not. I think there's a hidden side that people like he doesn't show it. But when he's around our family, like he's pretty goofy. Okay. Um, Level-headed would be the second one. And then competitive. I think we're all pretty competitive in our family. Those are great. And you know, the first question I asked him today, because this was the first longer form interview that I've done with him, I said, have you ever been excited? Because I don't know if I've ever seen your smile. He, th he thought that was pretty funny. So I got him. I got him right off the bat that he, he, he said uh, <laughs> he likes watching you score goals. He said, I get more excited when Jesse scores than when I score. So if that's what you're <laughs> referring to. Um, but you, I'm only I'm blanking on the third adjective he said for you. But he said that you're really funny, like you're low key. You're just really funny, but you might not show it to everybody. So you guys kind of got, gave the same answer there. And then he said, you're super hardworking. So you guys are you're on the same on the same wavelength there. I can't remember the third one. I'll have to go back and figure that one out for you. I'll have to ask him. <laughs> well, thank you again, Jesse. It's been so much fun to catch up with you. Congratulations with everything you've been doing and we wish you nothing but success. Thank you very much. Another shout out to both Jesse and JT for taking the time to join us. They seem like they have a great relationship. I love that for them. It, it's it's so cool. And listening to JT kind of light up talking about his sister. It was heartwarming. Very cute. And that game is happening on March 16th at Little Caesars Arena. So make sure you get your tickets. As Art mentioned, fast. they are going fast. And this is a great brand of hockey. So if you have the chance to get down here, it could be a family-friendly event. Bring the kids down. Bring your young girls down so they can be inspired to make make it to the PWHL one day. It's going to be an excellent event here at LCA and the Red Wings big week coming up this week. And like I said, I could probably just play myself saying that on repeat for the rest yes. of the season. Yes. But when we come back next week, we'll talk a little bit about the trade deadline since that will be the day before the trade deadline. We'll see where the Red Wings are at at that point. And we're hoping for some more wins this week, more wins to talk about. It's, like you know, it, when a team's winning, nothing better. That's right. It's really been fun. It really has yes. been. A big thank you to Labatt Blue for presenting the Red and White Authority. Art, tell us about Labatt Blue. We haven't done that yet today. You know, Labatt Blue is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. It's delicious. You know, after a hard day, you know, go home, crack open a blue, and watch a little hockey. Love That's, that. That'd be great. We do ask, though, that you drink our premium beer responsibly. Always drink responsibly. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Red and White Authority. We'll see you guys next week.